Our topic this week from the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 4, oppositions. Picking up in verse 1, when Sanblat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews, right? So chapters 1, Nehemiah finds out that the walls are torn down while he's in Shushan in Persia. Uh, he prays for four months. The king notices he's distressed. The king asks him why. He tells him why. Miraculously, the king is open and receptive to helping out. And the king grants him whatever he asks for. He's ready and he asks for safe passage and the ability to rebuild the walls and, and timber to do so. And the king writes him a blank check, gives him a blank check, says go for it. And Nehemiah comes, he surveys the area for three days and then presents to the people. And the people said, yes, let's do so. Sam Blatt, this guy, and some others weren't so happy about it. And they begin building anyway. And chapter 3 lists the various different groups that are building on all parts of the wall. And that's where this picks up here. Sam Blatt now is not only happy about it, but he is furious over it, and he's very indignant, and then he goes to mocking. And what we're going to see with this guy, not only in this chapter and in the previous chapters, but in future chapters, he really demonstrates what we go through in our lives, what comes at us in our lives, the type of opposition that we experience. This is normal when uh, God uses us like a Nehemiah or like the children of Israel to start moving forward on God's project, there will always be opposition. There will always be those who oppose the work of God. We shouldn't be surprised at it when we're talking as a congregation, when we're talking at, uh, uh, around the world, or when we're talking about in our own individual lives. We should expect opposition and be prepared for it. And Nehemiah, through this chapter in the book, shows us a great example on how to deal with opposition when God is on the move and we're moving with him. And so, first he, you know, just not happy and, and, and starts uh, to, to try and discourage the work. Then he gets furious and indignant and, and then moves to mockery of the work that God is trying to do, right? And if you, maybe you've experienced that. You've decided you're going to follow the Lord, you're going to improve your life and and follow and obey maybe a new area. Maybe you've been obedient and walk with the Lord, but now God has revealed another area and you want to move forward in that and grow in that. And there might be people in your area that, that want to oppose you. Maybe people at work, maybe at people at school, in your neighborhood, people that you know. They'll start opposing you and they'll get angry sometimes that you're doing this. You're messing up their schedule. You're messing up their life and Oh, you used to do these things with us, and now you won't do that with us anymore. And then sometimes even your friends will like, get angry at you because you're wanting to follow God. And then they may even resort to mocking you and teasing you and mocking the Bible and mocking what God has revealed to you, trying to belittle it. Oh, you have to, you know, that Sabbath thing, why you got to do that? You know, I can't do it some other day. And, who else is doing that anyway? And can't you have any fun? Doesn't your God let you have any fun? You know, why do you give so much to that, that place anyway? You know, what do they do with that money anyway? And start mocking you. You're going to live in the poor house and give your money to God. There is no God. And you're just throwing it away. 
Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you're going to die. You know, he's mockery. Various different ways to belittle us and cut us down. Can you eat whatever you want to eat? Is your God so restrictive that he doesn't let you eat that? Are you allowed to eat that? Are you allowed to eat this? And various different ways. Satan will use people to mock following God. And we see this classic example here. Sam Blatt just lets us see what, it, what it's like. And that's how we are when we're not serving the Lord. Maybe you've been there too. Maybe there was a time in your life where you weren't serving God. You weren't walking with God. And you were opposing and mocking others that were. I know that was my experience. It was a part of time when I didn't believe in God. And I try and purposely try and stop other people from following God. And that's how it is when we're in opposition to God. We don't want anyone else following God either. Because Satan's the one who stirs it up. And Satan does not want people following God. And then he takes it to the next step. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burned? They get others to join with them. They get a crowd to go with them, an army to go with them and oppose you. They're not satisfied just being by themselves. They'll get others to guide the whole team or the whole workforce or the whole group, the whole, your, all, all your friends to also oppose you and to work with them and agree with them in opposing what you're doing and trying to tear you down and bring you down. And look at the whole world. And the whole world starts working together and we're seeing that more and more. Or various different organizations working together to oppose God, to oppose God's work in your life. Even here, like the army of government officials, they've been down through the ages, government officials have routinely, in many nations historically, opposed the work of God and opposed the growth of God and God's work and the building up of God's work. Even today as we speak, in Canada, there are ministers who are being arrested and put in prison for holding services. Their buildings are being boarded up and fenced up. Military and police officers coming at them with guns and, and uh, Humvees and bulletproof vests. <laughs> Afraid of a bunch of people singing and praying. Trying to stop it and suppress the worship of God. Well, they have no problem with abortion clinics and and uh, porn shops or whatever else, you know, other things being open. So hypocritical. But oppose God's work. And so he's trying to get the government to work with him in opposing the work of God. And then, Tobiah, the Ammonite, was beside him. And he said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone walls. They're belittling the work of God. They're, so, oh, they can't even, they're not even builders. 
I got goldsmiths and perfumers and merchants and, and religious leaders, Kohanim and Levites. These are the guys building the walls. What do they know about wall building? This is so rinky-dink. This is how put a little fox up there, a light fox. It's just going to knock this thing down. Trying discouragement, using discouragement. And that's what Satan does. He whispers in our ears or he gets other people, oh, you've tried lots of different things in the past. Oh, you've always said you're going to do this. and You've never followed through anyway. And you fail. And you're just human. You're just better than the rest of us. You're not going to be able to follow through on that with a, for a long period of time. Oh, it's just a fad. You're just going through this thing. It's not going to last. Religions have come and gone. Just a small group anyway. What strength do they have? Why isn't the rest of the world following that way? It's no foundation. It's going to fall. So using discouragement, trying to discourage us in our walk with God. So they unite together and try to oppose the work of God. So how does Nehemiah deal with that? How should we deal with that when we experience these type of things? Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. That's a pretty strong prayer. But Nehemiah, he goes into prayer and we see Nehemiah was a prayer warrior. His whole life was just permeated with prayer. He hears that the walls are broken down, and boom, he goes into prayer, and he keeps praying and praying. And he lasts for four months. He just keeps praying. And then God opens up. The king allows him to go. And then he continues in prayer, and he praises God for moving upon the king's heart for accomplishing that. And he stays in prayer. He prays as he's talking to the king, and he stays in prayer through the building process. He's a man of prayer, and that makes a huge difference in our lives. Prayer is so foundational on anything we do and anything we, we move forward on. And then when we experience opposition, we should be in prayer as well. Too often we wait till we experience opposition, then we start praying. We wait till we experience difficulties and problems, and then all of a sudden we're praying and praying and praying. And then when the problem passes, we stop praying. Sometimes we don't even praise God, and we lose our earnestness. But not Nehemiah. Nehemiah was earnest before there was a problem, through the problem, and continued on being a man of prayer. And it's learning that, and that habitual praying, praying every day, praying morning and evening. David said he prayed morning, noon, and night. Having a prayer pattern, praying on your own, praying in your own home, praying individually, praying as families, praying with a congregation. All three of those are important prayer uh, settings to be in prayer. Some will only pray by themselves. Don't think congregational prayer is important. Don't meet with a congregation. That's not healthy. Others will just pray when they're with other people and never pray on their own, and that's not healthy either. And to have combination. Being able to pray individually, personally before God, but then corporately as well. And Nehemiah had both. And this particular prayer, this is a warfare prayer. I mean, it's time to pray, oh, Lord, bless my enemies. <laughs> yeah, and the Bible talks about that. But then also here, he's like, do not forgive them. Do not cover their iniquity. Lay their approach on their own head. Plunder their land. 
deal with them. And there's a time for that type of prayer as well. And we need wisdom to know which type of prayer at what time. Uh, but don't be too nervous about that because, I mean, if your heart is sincere and your life is covered with the blood of Messiah and you have no open sin, open rebellion in our heart, God will take whatever prayer it is and he will turn it and make it perfect in his sight and uh, mold it through his spirit so that it's the right prayer at the right time. Even if the prayer, Lord, help me. You may not know what to say. You might not be as eloquent as, as Nehemiah, but Lord, help me. <laughs> right? That worked pretty good for Peter. Lord, I'm drowning. Help me. And that's sometimes all we need. But we have a good example here. There are times to go on a, on a defensive attack in prayer. See, being opposed, he then counterattacks with prayer. And that's very powerful. Before he goes out and deals with them, he enters into prayer for God to deal with them. And he, Paul said, two different places, he, he says uh, in 1 Timothy and in 1 Corinthians, he talks about two different individuals that he's turned over to Satan for the destruction of the body so that their souls might be saved. That's a powerful prayer. Used in the right context. And this guy, this, this, these guys, they, they, they've been around Jerusalem, they've been around the Jewish people, they've no doubt seen the sanctuary, the temple, and no doubt understand about the sanctuary service. And they are in total opposition and rebellion against God. They've had enough light, that they should know better, and they're opposing it. So Nehemiah prays this type of prayer for them. Sometimes it's good to pray, Lord, forgive them, they know not what they're doing. Sometimes it's good to pray like this too. And then what's the result of that? So he built the wall. And the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to the work. People determined, they chose, they, had, they made a mind, they made a decision to do the work. Praying and working. It's not one or the other, it's both. It's a combination. Prayer and works. Prayer works. Often God answers prayer through us, using us. And we see that's what Nehemiah is doing. He's praying and working. And we need to be about praying and serving as well. Not just praying then putting our hand to the work and our mind to the work and determining to do the work of God. And so they move forward and continue the building. And when this Sambi and Tobi and the Arabs and the Ammonianites and the Ashdudites and all the other dirtbags out there that opposing the work of God and whatever they want to call them or whatever names you want to put on them or whatever, they heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed and they became very angry and then all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. And that's the next standard fare of Satan's operation. And Satan hates when we understand and know his operations. Because when we have an understanding of how he works, we know how to counter his works. And so he tries to keep us in ignorance. There's some 
so-called Bible believers who don't even believe he exists. But he does, and this is what he does. He stirs up opposition, stirs up resistance, and then that moves to active opposition with words, with anger, with nastiness, with mockery, undercutting, trying to discourage, and then uniting together. These guys didn't even get along. They would fight each other just as easily as they fight against Jerusalem. But here they are uniting together against a common enemy. And that's what Satan does. They unite all these factions, all these factions in the world. They don't even get along. And we see that. We see that in history. We see that in modern history. 1948, you had all these countries coming together to attack Jerusalem. 1967, Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq. A lot of these don't even get along. They all joined forces and they all attacked. And others as well. And no doubt backed by maybe the Soviets at that time or others. All working together to attack God's work. And that's how it'll be in our lives. That's how it is today. There are people you know, and it might come from several different sides all at once. People don't even know each other. You're getting harassed at work. You're getting harassed at home. Maybe your spouse, maybe your children, maybe your parents trying to discourage you, trying to stop you from living a godly life because they become under conviction when we're living for God and following God. Some friends, people you know, all these various attacks coming. Satan will stir up other things, car will break down, other stuff, he'll attack. Sickness, like happened to Job, will continue to press and press and press. And it seems like all the world is working against it, and it is, because Satan is stirring up all the various different factions, all who have not surrendered their lives to God, Satan will stir up. All the world will worship the beast and come and attack the people of God. Satan will go to make war on those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Yeshua. He'll stir up the whole world. All different factions, government, business, big business, big government, all coming against God's people. Atheists, agnostics, various different other faiths, various other professed Bible believers who are not really following, they'll all join together. And we've seen that. You've seen that in your life. And they come and oppose and conspire together and they try to create confusion. And that's another tactic of the devil. He tries to create confusion. Throws out so many different doctrines and all different things and all different kinds of crazy theories out there. To divide the work of God, to divide the people of God. That's where, like, the internet can be used as a blessing in getting the message out there, but it also can be such a way to just confuse people, too. It's so much different, so many different opposing voices, all supposed to be interpreting the word of God. Just slipping in confusion in there. And no doubt there are those that are there just specifically to bring confusion, that Satan stirs up 
with unstable minds. And again, we saw that in Paul's day. We saw that among the work the disciples were doing. But opposition comes and confusion comes. It needs to be dealt with by the Word of God. The whole Word of God, not portions here and there, not cherry-picking, but the whole Word of God. And God's truth. Standing on biblical truth. Standing on the Word of God. It's confusion. And backbiting and tries to get people of God divided. Over silly stuff, over nothing stuff. Someone didn't look at me, someone didn't call me, someone didn't say hi to me. I don't like the color of the seats. All different kinds of stuff. Try to stir up division and keep us from doing the work of God. Creating confusion and attacking. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Again, he's in prayer. We prayed, we chose to pray and work. Praying and working. And then working day and night. They hear this opposition and move forward. And that's how we need to be when there's Opposition, Kind of like when you're driving along and you come up to a yellow light. Right? What do you do? You speed up, right? That's what they did here, right? So opposition comes, so they prayed harder, and then they worked harder. They worked day and night. Right? They put their foot to the pedal, their hand to the work. Increased the work of God. Not drop back, not set back, not slow down, but to increase the effort. And we need to do so also, especially as we get closer and closer in these last days. And we're already in the last days. And Satan's going around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's getting furious, more and more furious, and more and more angry, and charging more and more, and seeing who he can rip out, who he can take out of the, off the sidelines and eliminate. Bring it to his side and keep on his side. The Bible tells us, draw near to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. It's an important formula. This is what the formula that Nehemiah is doing throughout this chapter and throughout this book. He draws near to God, he resists the devil, and then it has to flee. That's how we need to be when we're Receiving temptations, negative thoughts coming into our minds, saying a whisper into our ears, reminding us of past experiences, making us feel guilty for them, or making us long for them again. We need to oppose it. Drawing near to God. Resisting the devil. God, cleanse my mind of that. I'm thankful I'm no longer involved in that. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for giving me a new heart and new mind. Thank you for promising eternity for me. Keep my mind steadfast on you. Go into a store, some music is playing, you walk out, and that crazy song is still playing in your head. 
Draw near to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Lord, take this thing out of my mind. I don't want to be thinking those thoughts. Put your thoughts in my mind, and then determine, choose, put a mind to the work. Choose to sing other some godly song, or quote some Bible text, or change your thinking by God's power. And he'll do it. Ten minutes later, someone will say, you know, we were in that store and they were playing that song. What was that song you won't even remember anymore? God will blot it out. We turn to him and determine not to allow Satan to bring confusion into our minds or into our ranks. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the gossip. Shut it down. None of my business. You have something, follow the Bible. Plan, speak with that person individually. Still doesn't work out, speak with the congregational leader and see where it goes. I mean, it's that important be brought before the whole congregation. But it's not our job to be going around and dividing up and creating confusion. Oppose it. Draw near to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. And the work of God will continue. And the work of God will spread. And the work of God will be victorious in winning people for his kingdom. And then we can go home. As we work together, day and night, Satan does not go to sleep either. God neither sleeps nor slumber, but Satan is constantly trying. And maybe it's in your dreams. Maybe he's opposing you in your dreams. Maybe he's bringing horrible dreams to your mind. Well, God can have control over our minds 24-7 if we surrender to him. Surrender your mind to him. If you're having problems with your dreams, surrender your dreams before you go to bed. Lord, I give my mind to you. Take control of my dreams. Give me the power in my dreams even. To draw near to you and to resist the devil. Take full control of my thoughts. Day and night. Day and night. Don't stop. We need to be believing and we need to be living for God in every aspect of our life. Not once a week. Not just every so often. But all the time. In everything we do. In everything we think. Everything we read. Everything we watch. Everything we talk about, everywhere we go, needs to be sanctified under God. We need to be willing to have Yeshua standing right with us everywhere we are. We need to be willing to have him in the midst of every conversation we have. Have him sitting and watching whatever we're watching, whatever we're talking about, wherever we're going, he needs to be able to be with us because he will be with us. And he will see what you're seeing. And he will know what you're listening to. And he will hear what you're talking about. But we want his blessing on it. We want him enjoying it as well. We want heavenly angels wanting to be in our presence and not chasing them away with bickering and negativity and doubt. Twenty-four-seven lives sold out for God. In every aspect. Should affect how we work, should affect how we play, affect how we learn, how we school. Every aspect of our life. How we deal with situations with our mechanic or a plumber or a doctor or lawyer, every aspect of our life. We should not be ashamed that we believe in the Lord. And that's what they did. They set a watch. 
against them day and night. We need to be on the alert day and night. Because Satan has his minions out there trying to get us. Evil angels will try and get us away from God. We need to be on the alert, on the watch, all the time. He wants to take down with him as many as he can. Satan knows where he's going. He's trying to drag us down. So there'll be constant opposition. We should expect it and be prepared for it. Put on the armor of God and move forward with all prayer and in the power of the Lord and marching on and building up the kingdom of God. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing and there is so much rubbish that we're not able to build the wall. Our adversary said they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them that they told us ten times, from whatever place they turn, they will be upon us. Now this is the greatest trial for Nehemiah. All that other stuff, from all those other guys, those were all opposition from outside. And that's bad, and that's tough. And this will be the greatest difficulty that you will experience as well. The greatest trial that you will experience as well is not so much what comes from the outside, but what comes from the inside. Judah said, Oh, we're getting tired. We've been working this hard for this long. It's been 2,000 years, and I'm tired. Our strength is failing. And there's so much rubbish. There's so much to do. This project is so big. Reach the world. How are we going to reach the world? Let's just have our little worship service and then be happy and go home. Why oh, you got such grandiose ideas on reaching the world? Let the world deal with the world and just let me sing a couple songs. Listen to encouraging, some encouraging words. It's too big. It's too much. Just leave us alone. To live up to the high calling of God, to be perfect before Him, to live before a holy God without rebellion, without sin in my life. Oh, He knows we're human. He knows our failings. He knows our past. He knows we're weak. The Spirit is willing. All these kind of excuses, lame excuses, coming from within, from within the body of believers, from within our own heads really from Satan putting it into our heads, whispering in our ears. We're not going to be able to finish it. We're never going to be able to build this wall. We labored for a long time now. And then ten different times, if once wasn't enough, ten different times. And it just keeps on, the same excuses. We can't, we can't, we can't. We got enough canters. We don't need any canters. We need canners. Can do. By God's power, by God's spirit. Negative talk. The negativity just wears us down. The unbelief wears us down. Destroys God's spirit. 
destroys the light, destroys the glory. Again, we see this historically. God does 10 plagues on Egypt, parts the Red Sea. Even before, before he parts the Red Sea, oh no, oh no, oh no. And after he parts the Red Sea, oh, there's no water, oh, there's no bread. Oh no, no, let's go back to Egypt. Because Moses has been gone six weeks. <laughs> let's build a calf. Give up so easy. I want to go back to Egypt so easy. Back to bondage so easy. And from within. The mixed multitude from within. The mixed faith from within. The tares in the field with the wheat. And again, within our own selves, the battle between God and Satan taking place within us. The good angel and evil angel whispering in either ear, trying to pull us in one direction or the other. That's the oppositions we experience. I don't feel like praying or reading tonight. I'm tired. It's been a long day. I don't feel like going to services this week. Oh, I got all these bills to pay. All these excuses. Tries to wear us down, chip away, little by little. Oh, Satan's happy to keep us acting like godly people, professing to be godly people. Oh, no, they'll necessarily tear us down and trample us over. But if he can just weaken us, just one area. It's only one sin that caused Adam and Eve to get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Only one area that caused the young man who came to Yeshua with a question, what must I do to be saved? To walk away sad because he had much riches. Just a little bit. So he can just get us off balance. He starts within, he tries to within. It's in our own family. It's in the family of God. And again, those are the hardest to deal with. When your spouse is asking, or your children are asking, your parents are asking, oh, can't you just come? This is once. You have to serve God all the time. You have to follow him all the time. And try and wear us down. From standing on principle and standing for the right. Now there are some areas which aren't biblical and aren't principled and aren't laws. Yes, we need to work together with those around us, those we live with. But on areas that are not no zero compromise positions, we need to take a firm stand. And not yield and not give in. And so again, the greatest attack from within. So again, 10 times they'll just bring it up and up and over and over and over again. Saying the same thing over and over again. We need to stop it. Draw near to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. So how does Nehemiah deal with this one? Therefore, I position men behind the lower parts of the wall at the opening and I set the people, according to their families, with their swords, their spears, and their bows, I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. 
He put the people to work. And he kept them working and he kept their minds on the work of God and kept their minds on the history of God and the power of God and the glory of God. Remember the Lord. Not about you, not about ourselves. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. He delivered us while we were in bondage in Egypt. He can set us free and deliver us again. He fed us for 40 years. He'll feed us again. He'll provide for us again. Trust in the Lord. Move forward by faith. And keep working. Idleness is the devil's workhouse. And that is also not only in the work field, in the natural field. And that's what society wants us to do, to stop working. But also in the religious aspect as well. We got work to do for God as well. And one of the problems in teenagers today is they don't let teenagers work anymore. I was working since I've been 12, throwing newspapers. And not an easy job, six days a week. Several hours a day. And then busboy and dishwasher and various different things. But today, kids can't work. They're not allowed to work. So they're idle and they get in trouble but on the spiritual aspect as well, too. As I mentioned last week, we have these huge congregations, and, and the vast majority aren't serving God, aren't working for God. There's too many here in one place. And then pay off the, put off the work of God to others, the paid staff, let them do the work of God. Nehemiah put them to work. Gave them all positions, gave them all work to do. Put them on watch. They didn't have time to listen to all the negativity and all the problems. It's one of the reasons it's important for all of us to be using the talents and gifts that God has given to us in the service and work for God. So we don't have time to get distracted and enter into the confusion. That's another problem in Western society. We have so much time on our hand that we enter into all these doubts and discouragements and, and all these crazy theories out there, postmodern thinking, in countries where they're just surviving but holding on to the Word of God. They got the gospel and that's good enough for them and they're just trusting the Lord to, for the next meal. Now all worried about all these other kind of crazy doctrines out there. And the gospel grows in those areas. In areas where we get leisure and laid back and try to pay those to do the work, wanting them to do everything, we become weak. As believers, as body of believers, we are weak. In this country, we have very weak faith. And people try and rely on the government to do the faith for them. Pay the teachers to pray with my kids and Get the government to do the work for them. When we're working for the Lord. Unitedly and using our gifts and talents for him. We'll be strong spiritually. And strong unitedly as well. So Nehemiah fought this, this opposition as well. That came from within. Job, Job had some difficulties 
That's again how Satan works. Start with the opposition on the outside. All the marauders came, news came. Oh, they, they came and they, they stole your cattle. And oh, they stole your camels. And, and oh, they burned your fields. And, and oh, a hurricane came and collapsed the building on your children. And all that was horrible. Job did not sin. And Satan attacked his body and started with closer and closer to him. But then the greatest opposition came when his wife opened her mouth. Just curse God and die already. And then his buddies came, his three friends, so-called friends, telling him he was a sinner, wearing him down for 42 chapters or something like that. From within, Nehemiah said, rise up and work. Watch the wall here. Be on watch. Guard yourself and continue the work of God because the Lord is with us. Remember him. Keep your eyes focused on him. He is great. He is awesome. Not in us. Not in the problem. Stop looking at the problem. Look to God. Stop looking at all the rubbish and look to God. God is greater than all our problems. God is greater than all our difficulties. God is greater than all the opposition out there. He is the mighty God. One angel can come and just destroy it all. Trust in the Lord and move forward working with him. Again, that balance of working and praying and working. Nehemiah was a praying man, praying king. He was praying, praying, but he also worked. He built the broad wall. He dug the tunnel. He prayed and he worked. And then one angel showed up and killed all the army of the Assyrians. You think he was disappointed that he built the broad wall and that he dug the tunnel? And he said, God, why'd you have me do that? Why'd I do that? You're going to send an angel anyway. It's praying and working. A combination. And God is able to send an angel or God was able to use the walls either way. And God at times has used Miraculous, but most often God has used people to answer his own prayers. God uses us, and that's miraculous as well. Just as miraculous as God sending an angel is when God uses human beings in answering the prayers as well. We need to pray, and then we need to set forward on working with God to answer that prayer. Praying for a new job? Then go apply. Go increase your education. You know, go for the, uh, for the interview. It's a combination. Praying and acting. Moving forward. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall and everyone to his work. The opposition stopped for a time. Draw near to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And that's exactly what we've just seen in this chapter so far. And that's what we'll see in our life. And it will flee for a time. He'll come back and I'll harass you again tomorrow or another time. But for a time you'll have peace if you draw near to God and resist the devil. Put up a resistance against the temptation. And move forward by faith. And so it was from that time on that half my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows with their armor and the leaders were behind all the house of Judah and those who built on the wall and those who carried the burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand they held a weapon. 
multiple people working, multiple different jobs, those bringing and carrying the stuff, those working, those defending, those behind them, encouraging them and leading. And even those who are working have a spear in one hand and a trough in another. And that's how we need to be spiritually as well. One hand in prayer and one hand in work. One hand on the Word of God and one hand telling people about the Word of God. Not just one or the other. We need to be on offense and defense at the same time. Charging against the gates of hell and they will not prevail against us. Satan has gates and he's got people locked in those gates and God calls us to go and press against the gates and attack the gates of the devil. Attack the gates of hell and set people free. Liberate those who are in bondage. Liberate those who are in depression. Liberate those who are in doubt and discouragement and heartache and fear and anger and, and, and bitterness. Set them free by the gospel of the Lord. Go on the offensive and attack. But then also on the defense with the shield against the attacks that come against you, the opposition that comes against you, the negativity, the mocking, the problems. One hand fighting for the Lord and one hand defending by the power of the Lord. We need to be doing both. Building up the work of God or beating back those who are opposing the work of God. We need to stop being spectators and do the work of the Lord. And finish up the work so we can go home. Take the gospel to the world. God used 11 disciples and turned the then known world upside down. God can use us as well and finish off this work with even greater power than he began it. Everyone in the builders had their sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me, and I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Again, the combination. Come and help. Hear the trumpet. Hear the sound. Hear the shofar. And come. And when we come together, God will fight for us. God works as we're unified together, as we're working together. Not looking for lone soldiers out there, uniting together as one, as a body believers. That's where the power is, that's where the strength of the Lord is, in the unity of God's word, of love for one another, caring for one another, praying for one another, helping one another, ministering to one another, and moving forward. Yes, we're far distance. Yeah, we all got our lives. Yeah, we all got our problems. We need to come together as well. We hear the shofar call. We hear an urgent need, prayer request, time for worship. Come together. Unite together, and God will fight with us. And then we go back in our lives, and we witness in our own lives, and we witness through the week, and wherever we are, and let our light shine, taking tracks and taking cards and passing them out and letting people know and telling people in conversations and social media and inter our regular interactions in our life. And again, hearing the shofar and coming again together, and God will fight for us.
We labored in the work, and half the men held the spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. And at the same time, I also said to the people, let each man and his servants stay at night in Jerusalem, that they may be our guard by night and a working party by day. Again, working day and night. They kept it up, kept it up, kept it up. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off our clothes, except that everyone took them off for washing. So Nehemiah was smart, right? He was practical, right? He knew that when you're washing, you should take off your clothes, right? So that's what he told them. You know, oh, okay, keep your clothes on all the time. Don't, we're not going to fight a war in the night in our pajamas. So keep your clothes on, keep your shield on, keep your sword at your side. And be ready to go and fight at any moment. Except when you're bathing. When you're bathing, take off your clothes. Right? So he was wise. He was a wise man. Praying man, godly man, smart man too. Right? And these ladies here, these are the daughters of Salome. Remember last week we read about that guy and his daughters were building the walls? This is the daughters of Salome. We got a picture of them. They worked in day and night. But when they bathed, they took off their clothes. The dog too. So as we pray together, God moves upon our hearts and minds. If you're going through some form of opposition in your life, maybe it's an outside opposition, maybe it's someone directly opposing you, Satan using some human being at work or somewhere in your life, neighbors, homeowners association, something opposing you, Resisting you, resisting the work of God, really resisting God. Then, a moment when we pray, surrender them over to the Lord. And you can pray, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You can say, Lord, do not, do not forgive them. <laughs> Lay them captive. Bring their own thing on themselves, whatever you want. Maybe you're going through opposition from within. Maybe close to home. Maybe in your household. Maybe your friends, maybe here in our own congregation. If you're experiencing opposition and resistance in that way, let us turn that over to the Lord in prayer as well. Third, maybe you're receiving opposition just in your mind. Maybe it's just Satan whispering. Maybe those negative thoughts ten times are coming through your head. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm resisting you, reminding you of your past, failings in the past. In a moment when we pray, let us draw near to God and resist the devil and cause him to flee from our minds. Let this mind be in you that was in Yeshua Messiah. Claim the blood of Messiah. Claim the forgiveness of Messiah. Claim his deliverance in your life. Claim his power in your life and claim your mind and your body, your heart and your future into his hands. Be filled with his spirit move forward by his grace. Fourth, if you've been lack in any area and getting tired, and discouraged, focusing on the negative and focusing on all the problems and the rubbish that's there, listening to all the negativity, you're hearing God's call to remember the Lord God. Remember his might, his power. Get back into the work and back into the active service of the Lord. Back in the regular daily prayer and reading the word of God. Fortifying and putting the armor of God on. If you've been taking off the armor of God, 
not prepared, leaving areas exposed for the devil to attack you. Maybe you're godly in many areas of your life, but when you go to work, no one even knows. Your neighbors don't know. Someone just one area where you're not have the armor of God on, where you're unclothed, where you're naked before the enemy to shoot darts at you. The moment we pray, ask God to fortify you every aspect of your life. We can live for God as whole people. Every realm, wherever we are, live proudly for Him. And the work of God is great, and He's called us to reach the world. Let us unite together. So we pray, if you want to do that, we pray, ask God to give us power to unite together as one unit, buoyed up, hearing the shofar of God, hearing the call of God, coming together, uniting together, working together, building up the wall, and not stopping the work, not hindering, not setting back, not plateauing, but moving forward, upward and onward to the high calling in Yeshua the Messiah. If any of those areas apply to you, let's pray together so that God can do his work in us and through us. Our Lord and our God, ruler of the universe, we give you the honor and the glory and the praise for your work has moved forward and continued forward from time past, from the very beginning and has not ceased and has not stopped. Lord, we want to be in your work and in your stream and about your work and moving forward and so Lord, use us. Bind up the forces of the enemy in the name of Yeshua the Messiah, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. You have no right over us. We've been bought with the price. We've been bought with the sacrifice of the Messiah. We've been bought with the Son of God. We are his children, called by his name. And he is the almighty, he is the self-existent one. Almighty and all, all might and all power and all dominion belongs to him. And so in his name, all opposition, get back. Be bound up, depart from us. All you demons and Satan, Get out, you have no right in us. We are children of the Lord. Lord, fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your mind. Fill us with your heart. Unite us together and build up your work in this land. Build up this work in, in this world and finish this work. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.